What's Up podcast world. We got a special episode today, again, coming straight out of the music scene. This Life Ain't For Everybody podcast. Thank you so much for the subscriptions and thank you for supporting the partners and sponsors that support us. Today's episode, again, is brought to you by our friends, Lynchburg, Tennessee, the Americana, the Jack Daniels. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking, but you know what Jack does for us. It gets us through the good times, the hard times, the breakups, the newlyweds, everything. Jack is always there for you, no matter what kind of mood that you're in. So rely on Jack Daniels, but do it in moderation and get creative with it. They got so many great flavors. They got more coming. I love the apple right now. I've always loved Jack Tennessee Fire and Old Number 7 is my favorite. Jack Daniels, the most American company in our country. This 4th of July, enjoy it. But if you're on a boat, if you're on a deck, if you're on your back porch, just stay responsible. Stay safe out there, America. I'm fired up for my guest today. I've been listening to this man's music. I don't even know how long now, but all the way back to small town USA and I'm going to kick your ass. And uh, I don't even know how many number one hits you have, <laughs> Justin Moore, but what a career, man. Congratulations and thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate the kind words. And um, matter of fact, I just wrote a song called That Wasn't Jack that might just be my next single. So <laughs> that's, really? that's fitting. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah, we've been really blessed, man. We, we've had a really good run over the last, uh, 13 going on 14 years, which is kind of mind blowing to be able to, 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 when you really, when I sit back and think about it being that long that we've been successful, um, and stayed relevant on the radio, it's, it's just mind blowing, but, uh, we, we've had a great run and really appreciate the support over the years of guys like you and country radio. And, and it's been fun, man. We, I wish we had the chance to get back out there and play a few shows right now. I'm chomping at the bit, man. I know. It's, I think about when, I, when I'm at your concerts and I hear the songs, it's like, you know, it's kind of like going to a George Strait song a concert to where every song that comes on, you're just like, oh yeah, boom. And you can, and the crowd gets it. And I think that that's what's gratifying about a Justin Moore show is that you have that relationship with the audience because they've gotten so ingrained in your lyrics and your songs. And one, one of the things, you know, I want to get into a lot more besides music because I'm sure you get bombarded with it. And I know that you have a huge passion for it, but is there a difference in your opinion, Justin Moore of the songs that you write, like if, if you take why we drink, which is what my mom, I told my mom is like obsessed with the song. She comes out to the <laughs> pool and we'll listen to it on replay and on replay. And when that first line hits, when that first line hits, you're just like, man, that's just so America. That's so us. And, um, is there a difference to you of singing that song that you have publishing and you have a right, your co-writer on and a song that you weren't a writer on? Is that hit home in a different way when you, when you get a hit like that? Um, you know, that's a really good question. And, uh, and, um, yeah, I've never been asked that to be honest with you, but I see where you're coming from, but no, because if I, if I do record a song that, um, if I record a song that I didn't write, I, I always, one of the, you know, requirements, at least to me when I'm listening is that it sounds like something I would have written or wished that I had written. And so, and I've always said, you mentioned George Strait which hasn't written very many of his songs. Um, and there's a talent to finding and hearing songs that you didn't write and hearing them as hit records and songs that'll move people. And there's nobody better than him in country music history at doing that. Um, and I, I've always said, I'm a fan of guys who do what he does and guys who write their own music. It helped me 
figure out what I wanted to be and say and do as an artist by writing my own songs. Um, but I always have said uh, in the same breath that I owe it to my fans um, and myself to record the best music out there that I can find, whether I write it or whether somebody else writes it. So, you know, when I'm out there on stage, uh, I don't really think about, you know, I wrote this, so I have more passion for it. I try to be as, you know, any song that I record, I try to uh, have the same uh, amount of passion for, if that makes sense. No, it makes a ton of sense. And I just always wondered, like, you know, there, it's really cool to hear you say that there is an art in hearing that song, like George hearing a Dean Dillon song and going, yep. I think I could take that to radio and make it a hit. There's a, there's a true talent to that. And, yeah. Another um, guy who's really good at that. I don't want to interrupt. No, you, you're not. I, I apologize for interrupting you, but another guy who's really, really good at that over the last, you know, decade plus is Al Dean. I mean, he doesn't write, to my knowledge, uh, many songs, but he's really, really good at picking them. And there's an art to it, man. There really is. There's, I know for me, I've, I've had some pitch to me, and I go, eh, I don't know. And then so and so makes it a big record, and I'm going, crap. You know, an example of that was I got pitched uh, Dirt on My Boots by Party, um, and I I just didn't hear it, and he did. <laughs> um, you know, it was maybe one of his biggest records, certainly one of his biggest records, if not his biggest record. And I'm just – every time I hear it on the radio, I'm going, oh, gosh, which all artists have that story, you know, in their career. But but anyway, I, I just wanted to point out, yeah, like Al Dean's really good at that over the last – 10, 15 years too. How does that happen? You're sitting at home and your publisher calls you and says, Hey, we got one we want you to listen to. It just it, uh, some songwriters that work for this publishing house just cut this song, Dirt, Dirt on My Boots, and you hear it. They yeah, it they can kind of come from anywhere. Um, you know, I, I moved to Nashville in 02 and, you know, have have developed relationships for since then, um, you know, uh, started and developed relationships since then. And, and so I'm friends with a lot of the publishers, not only my own. Um, and so they'll, they'll send me songs, but it's, it's actually the job of, um, a producer, your producer typically to go gather songs for you to listen to. Um, in my case, uh, typically it's, it's done that way. They, all the publishers send songs to him and he sends it. He kind of can weed through the ones he knows I won't want to listen to probably. And, uh, he'll send me the, you know, the 20% of, of the ones he thinks that I may dig. And so when you, when you have outside songs, songs that I didn't write would be outside songs. Um, you do, if you like them and you think you may want to record them, you do what's called putting them on hold, um, which means nobody else can go record them if I have them on hold or if Blake Shelton or whomever. And so it's just kind of a the process that, that we use in the industry, if you will. And so I had Dirt on My Boots on hold for, I don't know, a week or something and, and, um, and, I dug the idea. I just, I don't know. I just didn't fit what I was doing at the time. And I don't know. And so I let it go and party gets it just like that. And I'm like, Oh crap. Another example of that is a song called the drinking class, which Lee Bryce ended up recording. I had that song on hold for like six, eight months. I was living with it. And I'm like, man, it was between that song and another song 
off of one of my earlier albums that I was going to record. And I went with the other song. And the day that I, I let it go off hold, Lee Bryce grabbed it. And that's when you know you're like, well, crap. That I made a mistake there, you know, and my wife loved that song. And is it all is it all up to you? Song. Is it one hundred percent your call, Justin? Like your management? Yeah, can't I mean, it it's all up to Justin Moore to say yes or no. That's right. That's right. I mean, I'm the I have the final say. You know, it, it, I've never been forced to record something I didn't want to, or vice versa, or not allowed to record something that I wanted to, and. You know, I, I'm I'm all ears. I, I want everybody's opinion. You know, um, you know, I, the more ears you can you can have hear something, the better. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's funny because uh, you know my wife loved that song, and then Lee makes it a big old smash hit, and same thing with um, with Party. And but, but every artist has those stories. I'm sure they've done the same thing. Also, you know, there. There's just you can only record so many songs, you know. I, I remember Jake telling Jake Owen telling a story about giving uh, giving up Big Green Tractor, which was just a monster, you know. But I think he actually suggested, hey, maybe send this to Aldine. This is a little more him than me or something. I, I wish he'd have sent it to me. <laughs> that was probably that was one of Aldine's uh, first first hits, wasn't it? Or That's not what- the first hit. That was the song, in my opinion. I don't know if he would answer the same way, but just from an outsider's perspective, that was to me. She's country, and then Big Green Tractor back to back were what sent him into orbit, superstardom. You know that that run right there uh, put him on a different uh, planet. So, but yeah, just great songs. You know, are are you how how does one? If somebody said, Chad, how do you describe Justin Moore's music? I have my way of saying it because there's there's what you call the tailgate country, in my opinion. I think that there's bro country, there's traditional country, there's 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 the Stapleton that's more of a uh, of his songs are deep and dark. They're not really the singer. You can't go to a Stapleton song and expect to stand up and sway and sing along. You just can't. I've tried. And I just, right. like, man, it's like, you can't. Very but, few people in this world sing like him. Yeah. Very few. Right. But Jamie <laughs> yeah. Johnson can sing like that, but I can go and I can jive with his lyrics and I get a little bit. So there's all these different ele- or levels of, of music and these different genres within country music now. And I've been accused of getting on a high horse once in a while about, you know, where's the real country music at? So when I hear Justin Moore's right. song, um, I'm always like, okay, well, he lives the life. He's he's from the country. He sings about the country. He writes about the country. It's not a character to me of who you are. Like you love your football. You love the SEC. You love the Razorbacks, which we're going to get into. You love the outdoors. You love family. Um, is there anything about the way you choose songs that you have to go down that road of like there th- that you're keeping them all kind of in that same consistency of that you're not probably going to sing a song about a girl up on a tailgate dancing, but that did work for Luke Bryan and did work right. for Aldine at a time, but Justin Moore's not. Is that what you mean by passing on some of the songs that you just don't hear? Yeah, yeah, and you know it's. To me, I've always said that, you know, people ask me, hey, why do you think and let me see how they put this. What what do you attribute your success and in particular longevity to, you know, because it's just hard to sustain it in this business, especially in as an artist, you know, with, with all the different 
types of country music you just mentioned. You know, throughout my career, when I when I first started my career, it was more country country, if you will. You know, small town USA was straight ahead. You know, country and uh, you know, middle part of my career, it kind of moved to the bro country, rap country kind of stuff, pop country, whatever you want to call it. And you know, had that song had I come out in the middle of my career um, with a song like small town USA probably wouldn't have been played on the radio. Um, so to get back to my original point, um, I, I always try to record my answer to the question that I, I said that I've been asked so many times. The longevity question is I've always tried to provide insight as to who I am as a person uh, whether it be an interview or whether it be with my music, when I write songs, when I record songs, when I listen to songs that I didn't write, um, because people want to know what you sound like on the radio and they want to know what you look like on TV. As disappointing as that is when people see me. <laughs> but, um, um, but I think they want to know more who you are as a, a human being. You know, I really do. I think that matters to people before they go spend money on a concert ticket that they really can't afford or a t-shirt or an album or whatever the case may be. And I think we've done a pretty good job of, of providing that insight, whether it be, uh, you know, a song I write or a song that I just, I just hear. And, you know, I, I just, I, I'm somewhere between, and certainly I'm not comparing myself to, to these groups as far as talent wise or career wise or anything like that. But stylistically, you kind of went there uh, at the beginning of this thought somewhere between Leonard Skinner and George Strait, Alan Jackson, because that's who I grew up listening to. That was as wide a range as I got growing up. You know, I didn't listen like a lot of, a lot of artists out there today grew up listening to everything, rap, pop, rock, country. I, I just wasn't like that. I, I, First band I was playing with was a Southern rock band. We played Marshall Tucker, Allman Brothers, ZZ Top, all that kind of stuff, um, and Wet Willie. Uh, and so that was the kind of stuff that I grew up listening to along with, you know, I grew up in the, you know, when I learned to love music, it was in my formidable years, if you will, was late 80s, early 90s, and, the you know, country was booming then you know country music and so that's kind of the range that i kind of when people ask me hey what do you what kind of stuff do you do it's a, it's somewhere between there it's more rock and guitars than a george Strait, but i think a lot of the you know writing style and stuff is because i was a fan of dean Dillon and, and those kind of guys so and you know hank jr alabama you know they i love yeah. how they i love how they always talked about home yeah. You know, and the South and in hunting and fishing. And I loved all that. And so that was those were pretty much my main influences and kind of how I uh, I modeled my style after, if you will. Well, yeah, that late 80s, you got the Trits and the Chestnuts and the Lawrences mm -hmm. and, and the Diffies and, and just this air. And that's where Garth came out with kind of the hat pack. And right. the music was so real to me like when i would turn on a chestnut song and he would say stuff like it's too cold at home and it's too hot to oh, golf man. i'm just like it just hit me in a way to where I, i'm older than you i think what are you 33 34 
36. Okay. I'm 45. So I was a little bit older than you listen to these lyrics. And I was in a different phase of my life to where I was going to these concerts as a, as a, you know, guy, my young in, in, in 19, 90, 91, I was in high school. So, you know, I'm 16, 17 years old and I'm hearing this stuff and I'm going, man, this is when my dad would play Poncho and, and Poncho and Lefty and the gambler and all these songs I grew up on. I was like, man, this is good country music. So when, when you, when you're talking like this, Justin Moore, I'm sitting here going, do you ever get controversial with the way that you either speak about the current state of country music radio, because I know they're streaming and I know the money's in touring, but if you can stay relevant for 13, 14 year career, and you're still going at 36 years old with hit after hit after hit, does it ever make, cause I heard people like Colin Ray say things like I would never even get played on the radio today. And I don't think <laughs> that Colin Ray would and Colin Ray is a badass. He's brought, There's probably not got a better singer on the planet. He's probably got the best Arkansas theme song of all time. Oh you yeah. Know, when he did he's Little another Rock. Arkansas guy, another you know? Arkansas guy. Yeah. And when I would go to a Colin Ray show, I would be so connected to the lyric was out front and I just lived through that lyric. So does it ever bother you at all when you see what is being compared to Justin Moore or saying that this is country music, but Justin Moore is also country music music or is that something that you and your management don't like to even reflect on well i mean here's the deal whether it be that or whether it be award shows which we've been a part of very little over the years even with the success we've had just different things i've learned man, early on in my career it might have bothered me but when i was younger but i i've learned man i control what i can control and um and don't worry about all the other stuff and you know an example i used to watch the charts like crazy i mean every day i was on my computer my phone going where are we today with spins on the radio and this and that you can drive yourself bonkers with all that stuff you know so um and and as far as i don't know if this speaks to your point or not but you know i've been asked so many times over the years about you know what i think about the what we're appearing on the radio and st- I mean, I I don't love everything on the radio personally, but I don't know that I ever have, to be honest with you. I don't think I ever have. So it's a good um, point. I, I you know, and country music is probably more diverse now than it ever has been. Uh, but it's always gone in waves of, you know, the early eighties were pop and then the nineties got super country and it, it's all, it really has always done that. It's more diverse now because I think the artists and I've said it earlier, I think the artists that, that grew up that are, so let's say, coming out now or, or five, six years into their career, I think they listen to more things than I did, you know. And the generation that's coming out now, the one after my generation, they they did listen to different stuff and they were influenced by different things. And I, I don't really concern myself with it. And, and here's another reason why is because it's never – affected me i i've been so fortunate with country radio for whatever reason that i've i've never really stopped having hits now i've i've fancied up some production through about the middle of my career uh, up until this point is kind of where it really went in that direction of the pro rap rock country stuff and so you know i had to be maybe a little more strategic about how we produced albums and records and and maybe writing uh, a little differently. Um, but I've just always tried to be really balanced and not ever contradict myself 
to my fan base and and do something or say something that that would contradict something earlier in my career but at the same time be cognizant of the fact that you know what we we need to be on the radio still i mean you know that's that's how we uh, create the most amount of, of awareness for our career and so for whatever reason it doesn't i guess it doesn't bother me to tie a bow on this the, the stuff out there that I, I'm not a fan of doesn't really bother me as bad as it does some people because it really hasn't affected me to a large degree, if if that makes sense. Total sense. Have you ever, with as real as your songs are, have you ever had a fan, and I'm sure you have, but go the other way on a song of like, I can't listen to that song when it comes on. I have to turn it off because it reflects so much reality in my life because and, and here's where i'm going with that justin moore is that when you did uh i wish heaven wasn't so far away uh, and my dad passed of a heart attack in 2006 like i can't to this day i won't listen to that song even though it's beautifully done and dallas mm-hmm. and the guys did an unreal job did Rhett release that song or cut that song mm-hmm. at one time too he did cut it. I don't know if he released it as a single. i, I don't he, i don't know he, if may, he, did. he may have but he he cut that on an album I forget what that album was called, but he did it for uh, RCA Records, I believe. And that that album had what's turned out to be a bunch of hit records on it. Um, he never had a whole lot of success as far as that album being on the radio with him recording, uh, his recordings rather. But it had uh, Kiss My Country Ass, which Blake did and became a pretty big song for him. Not on the radio, but, you know, uh People know the song, yeah. Um, and then there were a couple of couple more, if not three more, including "If Heaven Wasn't So Far Away." And um, I, I had I heard that song, and when I heard that song, it was ten years old. And other than I heard it right around the time my grandpa passed away, and I, he was my guy. He, he was my hero, but one, probably my best friend. And you know, he he we grew up hunting. I grew, he taught me everything about hunting and, you know, so, um, I heard it and thought, Oh my gosh, how has this not been recorded outside of the ret thing? Um, and so uh, we, we put it out, we were looking for a first single from that album. I believe it was my second album. And, um, and it was, it was a big record for us, obviously. And it kind of, uh, to answer your question, it, which is a good one, but I don't, think that i've had anybody tell me that to be honest with you most most of the time to the contrary they're going hey thank you because it helped me cry or when i needed to or or laugh when i needed to or something like that but i'm sure that you're not alone there i I just i think maybe people might um i guess maybe be a little gun shy of saying that to me in a meet and greet or something i don't know but i'm sure you're not alone there but uh and kind of to uh an example going back to an earlier conversation luke bryan came up to me who i'm sure you know and and luke and i have known each other for forever and uh before either of us had a record deal and so he uh he came up to me said man i'm pissed at you i'm like what did i do and um, he goes, Dallas has been trying to get me to cut if heaven went so far away for, I don't know, five years or something at this point. And I'm like, dude, how in the world didn't you hear that song? Going back to hearing songs. And he's like, I don't know. I'm an idiot, whatever. So anyway, but uh, but yeah, that was a big record for us. 
when you when you have the success that you have, Justin, do you ever get intimidated in the industry anymore? Do you when you walk into a room with an iconic songwriter like and I, and this is my opinion is David Lee Murphy. When you yeah. sit down with somebody like David Lee Murphy, and not to mention he's had radio success, he had hits, but just his oh, yeah. songwriting and his the 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 value of of the being that he is in the industry, it's almost like probably sitting down with the Dean Dillon, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Do you get nervous when you get that invite or that opportunity? Or is it just like you're so accomplished that you go in there as a confident musician and songwriter and you just lay it down? Or is there a little bit of like, oh my God, it's David Lee Murphy, even though you are as, as strong as you are? Yeah. Hey, initially, for sure, man, I was nervous. Um, you know, I, I think the first time I wrote with him was maybe... I don't know, um, three, four years into my, my artistry, um, two, three years, something like that. I think we wrote some for my second album. So I had had some success, but not to the point that I I've had now. Um, and hell yeah, I was nervous, man. I was just, you know, he came out on the bus to write with me and, you know, I would say a line and, uh, or sing a line and, and, you know, to me, it was okay or whatever. And he, he would sing the line that I just came up with. And you're like, that's freaking amazing. It just sounds better when you sing it or whatever. And so, um, you know, you're sitting there going, it's freaking David Lee Murphy right there. Um, and so now we've become (laughs) really good friends, you know, since that point, we've become really good friends. And so I'm, I'm much more comfortable and much more confident, uh, you know, with it, but yeah, you know, those guys that you, you grew, whether you grew up loving their music or, you know, as I uh, began this, uh, this profession and I learned to admire him on a whole different level, a guy like him or red or any of these guys, Dean Dillon, um, you, you obviously your confidence grows and you become more comfortable. And, um, you know, I had Dean Dillon on, on the bus, for a weekend a oh, few man. years back too, which was just uh, mind blowing for me, you know, and, and um, just just an incredible experience, and and uh, you know the stories just go on for days and days with with that guy. He's he's pretty incredible. So, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I, here's the thing: people don't realize this, fans don't realize this, but I, I'm still a fan of, of people and artists and, and, um, and songwriters and producers. And I mean, that doesn't go away, you know? Um, you tell me if I, I mean, obviously this is just an opinion, but David Allen Coe wrote about the, 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 the perfect country and Western song. And I've said for years that dust on the bottle, dust on the bottle is the perfect written country song that you can hear and live through and, and just picture that guy and those guys talking and that guy and that girl. And I don't know if you feel that way, but you were coming up in that air where that song had to influence you or inspire you in some way, because I feel that it's like, you can't write a better song that there are songs just as good but i don't think you can write a song better than dust on a bottle no certainly for that type of song you know um i think it's top five country song of all time oh wow i didn't know you thought that i agree um and i've had conversations with with uh, david lee about this um you know the other thing is it was at the time that it came out you know, you you mentioned like Chestnut with the um, 
too cold and home, you know, and all that, which was, uh, was great. And, but nobody was really, it was rocking for its time, you know, nobody was doing like that kind of stuff. Um, that production, uh, wise, they weren't, it wasn't as in your face. And so I think obviously the song itself was great, but I mean, even the guitar stuff on it, um, for its time was kind of, uh, um, before it's time, you know, so it, great story about that, which I'll screw up. You need to get David Lee on here, but, um, you know, I've, I've had him tell me this 12 times. He, he wrote that song a by himself, which is amazing. Um, but he was going to the studio. Um, I think for the last day of recording that album and, um, I think he just, they needed a tempo song or something like that. And he just sat down and in, in his house that morning before going to the studio, he started writing it. And like Creole Williams was a, a real guy in his hometown that he grew up in, you know, it just, um, he goes, I got to the studio and just kind of jotted down a second verse. And he goes, we didn't have a clue if it even make the album. We, we, he said, let me, let's just do it and see where it goes, whatever. Uh, and then boom, you know, it be, so it's just amazing. I mean, when you think about it, it, you would think that's one that they had to grind on for hours or days or, you know, but yeah, like that's a, kind of just, he said, I just sat down and wrote, it was a true story, you know, but, and you know, we talked about big green tractor, which is huge, huge record. Uh, one of the biggest over the last decade plus, you know, and he's like, yeah, I was just riding around on my farm on my John Deere tractor. And uh, it, that, it just points to how great he is, you know, which is kind of where this conversation started. And just, and he's, there's not a more humble, more down to earth guy, you know, and the same with Rhett and the majority of folks in country music, to be quite honest with you, Dean, I mean, they're, they're all just for the most part, good dudes. I mean, there's turds, like there isn't any business, but uh, for the most part, everybody that I've ever met and, and had the opportunity to work with has been nothing but great. I'm so glad that you said that that's in your top five. Cause every, I mean, I was in Darby, Montana last year filming a, um, a, some stuff, a backstory for this hunt we did with this guy named John LaMonico. And they had this deal up there called chainsaw days. He says, I'm going to take you over here. And they got, you know, they cut down high poles and they do log races and all this stuff. And David Lee Murphy was playing the concert that night to close it down. And I said, we're going. And he, it was like a, it was like a writer's round. It literally was a David Lee Murphy writer round. He had his band and they rocked, but every song had a five minute prelude story. And I'm just sitting there in awe going, wow, that came up like this. And that came up like this. And he's like, this is how we come up with loco. And this is how we came up with party crowd. And, and I was just yeah. like, man, just like genius, right? Like, I don't want to throw that, that term around, but the guy's yeah. just gifted in that area. And I think that that's why he's had such a long songwriting career and he'll probably oh, go yeah. down in history as one of the, he's got to go down as one of the greatest. I mean, the guy's insane, right? No, oh, no doubt about it. He, he absolutely should and will. And, um, yeah, it, it's, um, and he's 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 got as much swag as I've ever seen uh, in our business. I mean, you know, he'll be out on the bus riding with me, and and um, <laughs> I'll be like, "Hey, uh, DLM, you, you want to come up tonight and and do dust on the bottle with us?" And he he go, "I reckon we can give him a little dust." 
you know, and he still puts his like badass jean jacket on and fixes that hair and goes out. He's still a, a star. You know what I mean? It's it's just so cool. Matter of fact, we wrote. Um, let's see, we wrote while we drink together, um, yeah. and uh, so the way that I wrote my last album and and the one that'll be coming out whenever we can get in the studio and record it, we have all the songs for it. We went down, my wife and I have had a beach house in Florida for seven years or something like that. And and we just kind of went down there, holed up in, in our beach house and, and, uh, and me and him and my producer, Jeremy Stover, uh, and a few other guys, uh, Casey Bethard being one of them that was on this song and we just drank beer and wrote songs and didn't make you know, didn't put any pressure on ourselves and say, we got to get up at 10 o'clock and write this or that or whatever. And the reason we did it that like retreat style is because that's the way I used to do it when I lived in Nashville before I had a pot to piss in and, and uh, nobody cared about my music. Like I wrote my first couple of albums that same way. We would just pop down to the beach, which was about a seven hour drive South from Nashville and, um, and go down there and just, um, hang out and and write songs drink beer lock ourselves in the house and so you know rather than do it on the bus and now i live in arkansas i don't live in nashville so i i don't get to hook up with those guys you know like i i I could when i live there that's kind of the way we do it the now and so that's a long-winded way of saying we were down in my beach house and i've had this idea why we drink for i had it for a couple of years and it thrown it out in a few different uh, songwriter sessions and nobody really bid on it and and i thought it was a pretty good idea but i'm like well you know if it gets turned down three or four times you get to thinking maybe it's not that great of an idea and i, I told uh dlm and he goes because it's friday because it's monday and i'm like yes that's yes that's what i'm talking about and man we wrote that song honestly in probably 20 minutes uh, in my pool drinking beer I mean, it was like that quick and that simple, you know, it was, it was a fun one for sure. How, how does, how do you know it's done? Do you have to get DLM to put his stamp on it and say, we're done. We're getting out of the pool and we're going Sing to the, like, how do you know, how, how do you know when it's done? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the great, uh, that's a great advantage of uh, having co-writers, you know, and it's also the the thing that is so amazing about a guy like him with dust on the bottle specifically is that he didn't, you know, but, um, you know, you rely on each other to kind of, uh, pick it apart. Uh, but, um, you know, so once we wrote it, we, you know, you read it down typically is what I do and say, Hey, does it make sense? And there were just so many lines that I thought would grab people's attention, like, um, alcohol abuse when you pour it down the sink and like the, the <laughs> line, I don't remember who came up with the line, but I just thought that's, that's too good. Was the, um, cheaper than a darned old shrink or a danged old shrink. And I, we were like, you just know, sometimes, man, you, you just know, as soon as we wrote that song, I'd go, I mean, that's a monster hit. That's a, before we recorded it. Some of them surprise you. Some of them you're like, I don't know, put it out there. If, I mean, if you think so, but I don't, we'll see. And then they turn out to be a big record, you know. Small Town USA was an example of that. I thought, I mean, I like the song and I I, it, I relate to it, but I don't know if anybody else will and or enough people. I knew some people would, but um, but with this one, uh, I was pretty confident that uh, that it was a big record. 
So was it? Yeah, we're inside the top 10 right now. I think we're six or seven uh, on the charts. And so hopefully it'll ring the bell for us. Oh, that, would, that would be our, uh, I don't want to jinx it, but it would be our ninth number one record. And uh, so that would be pretty awesome to, to, to have. And it, what's, what's weird about it, man, is to have a song running up the chart and not be able to be out on the road and see it you know, fans reacting to it. I mean, it, you know, when we, when we came off the road, that song was probably in the thirties or something. And there's a major difference between. Well, that's what that's, that is what's I'm telling you. There's this quarantine has got me in my backyard. I'm, co I'm cooking, I'm triggering, yeah. I'm, I'm processing, I'm butchering, I'm swimming. There's three songs that I have as my quarantine anthems. I got Adam hood, hell of a fight. Yeah, I got Brent Cobb, Shine on Rainy Day, which I feel is one of the best written country songs that I've ever heard that hits me in my gut every time. I think, Brent, I think Brent Cobb is amazing talent. I think yeah, both of those guys are, yeah. And then Why We Drink. That has become our hold a beer up and we're going to get through <laughs> this and hunting yeah. season is going to be okay and our families are going to be okay and our kids are going to get back to school and these high school seniors are going to be okay without graduation. That song has become that backyard anthem of America, which a lot, that's where I touched on in the very beginning of our conversation, Justin Moore, is that your songs, when I picture you walking out from behind stage and sitting in the, in the, in the stands or the seats and watching Hank do his thing as Bo Cephas. And then when I, when I picture myself doing that, that is what country music is supposed to do. Because when I go and listen to him tell a story while he's standing by his piano and that he went in the house one day and little Richard was on the couch when Hank was eight years old and, and, and Elvis Presley's over here and Carl Perkins over here. I'm sitting there going, nobody would ever understand this kind of life and what this man has done. And then when something happens to that guy, like it did in the last two weeks with his daughter, yeah. it shows you of why we need song, why we need lyric. And that's mm -hmm. why that song is so simple. In 20 minutes, I sit there and go, Oh really, Justin Moore, 20 minutes, huh? And we're sitting here listening to it for 45 minutes at a time. <laughs> right? Like, it's that's what your music does to people. That's why I wanted to oh, talk to you of like, and, and that's why I wanted to make sure you knew that my brothers and I can't listen to heaven because of what the way it makes me feel of like, man, I wish yep. I could just walk up there and say, what's up pops, you know, but that's what music is supposed to do. It's supposed to gravitate. It's supposed to let you live through somebody vicariously. It's supposed to hit you in the gut and make you go, is Brent Cobb really trying to say that, we only pray when our skies are gray and should we give up and sink when, when we have a chance to swim? Like when I hear those lyrics, those are my anthems, man. I'm not going to give yeah. up. I'm going to, this is why we yeah. drink. I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to bastardize ourselves for having a cold beer during the quarantine. This is why we're doing it. And that, that, yeah. that song, every line in that song is so well thought out, but now I'm sitting here oh, going really you. 20 minutes, man, 20 minutes. <laughs> well, thank you, man. I appreciate that. And that's great company to be in. I, 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 Appreciate it. But, uh, yeah. And the thing is, man, country music specifically, I think, or maybe more so than any other genre. Certainly there's great music that moves you in any genre, but I, you know, I'm partial, obviously I'm biased to country music, but, um, you know, it makes you cry when you need to cry. It makes you laugh when, when, when you need to laugh, um, uh, you know, it makes you raise your cold beer if you need, you know, want to do that or whatever. And so that's, that's what I, I love about it, and and there's so many great songs on each end of the spectrum in country music history, and and still today that um, that do all of those things. And um, I kidded um, 
in another interview the other day that I, I probably should have, at least for myself, I probably should have named it Why We Day Drink. Uh, I don't think I've ever had as many cold beers at before noon in my life. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, it's it's hot as heck in Arkansas, man. And I'm out in the garden picking peas and stuff, and I'm going, whew. I come back into my pool house, and I'm like, I don't have any water in here. I guess I'll just drink a, a Budweiser <laughs> or whatever. I, I was – Party was on here a couple of weeks ago, and he had a solo cup just like you're holding right there. And I go – I go, what time is it in Nashville right now? He says, you don't need to know that. And I was like, this is, this is what this quarantine has done to us. It's yeah. like, it's, but it's, it's okay. It's cool. It's yeah. like, I'm not saying that you have to have that excuse every time, but man, it's, I, I think that it's gave me a lot of slowdown and having a cold beer at, at 11 in the morning at the pool is okay because you're still, yeah. still going to get your stuff done. You're still, yeah. Gonna, you're still going to get your life done, but this quarantine has got people acting like that. My, uh, I got friends that call, call me all the time, Jess, and they're like, what time did you start drinking today? And it's like become like <laughs> a topic of conversation, you know? Yeah, I get it, man. I get it. It's, um, and right at the beginning of this, I, you know, I, I thought I got off my bus at home and I thought, Oh, hell I'll, I'll see y'all. My bus driver, my tour manager, I said, I'll see y'all in a couple of weeks or whatever. And all this, blows over and then when i realized that it wasn't going to at least in a quick fashion i i um man i did every project around the house that i possibly could i i ran a you know chainsaw more than i have since i was 18 um i've i've cleaned my garages out as many times i possibly could and done stuff around the house i've been putting off for years planting the garden i'm about to build a chicken coop uh, i mean just all this stuff and so i'm you know where i'm going with that is <clears throat> i did that for a while and i thought man i can get i'm working harder now than i ever have <laughs> i'm gonna take a, a chill pill here and have a couple of a colons early in the day and just chill out you know and yeah. try to try to slow down which is what this kind of has forced us to do is that why you left nashville did you leave Nashville because of that life could chew you up and spit you out or the, 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 the Broadway nights or the, 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 the being down in Midtown? Did it get to Justin more ever? Did you ever get caught up in being at Losers at four in the morning? Were you ever at Whiskey Bent or the, did you ever get caught up in the Nashville Music Row lifestyle and that's why you had to get out of there? You know, I didn't. Uh, I mean, certainly I liked to party, man. And back, back then when I lived there, I really, I, that was, you know, in my early 20s. Um, but I really didn't ever do that. I never really played the same game as everybody else. And, and I, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do. I, I just, it's just wasn't my style, man, going and smoozing and doing all that at losers. It just wasn't my, it wasn't me. And when I'm the reason I'm back in our Arkansas is, man, I was the only guy at all my friends who, who was not going, I can't wait to graduate and get the heck out of here. You know, I was the one going, I don't ever want to leave. Of course, I'm the only one who did because uh, I had to. I knew that if I wanted to pursue this as a career, that that was, uh, you know, you got to be in Nashville at least to get your career um, started and build and uh, develop relationships with people there. And, um, but it was always my intention to move back home. I was never going to buy a house there. Uh, it was always, I'm going to put in as much time as I have to and then move back here. And the other reason for that is my wife and I were together then too. And 
you know, me staying out to four in the morning would not have been, uh, would not have boded well for, uh, my, my marriage, but, uh, you know, we had our fun, but, you know, I, I, uh, I was so focused on get my career going and then get back home. And it sounds cliche, but it's the honest to God truth that I just wanted to be able to hang out with my friends that I grew up with. Um, cause they were all back home, you know, and, I wanted to go to the church that I was a member of. Um, I wanted to eat Sundays with my my grandma and my mom and dad. And I mean, that sounds cheesy and cliche, sounds awesome. but it's honest. It's honest to God truth, man. And so, you know, um, when when I had been wanting to move home after my first album did well, um, but my record label just despised the idea, which I understand. Um, and then I finally. You know, my wife and I were ready to do it, and my manager said, "Just move home. You're a grown man. Just don't ask. Just move." And it wasn't two weeks later. I was I was back home, and so fast forward about two or three years after that, my record label president calls me, and we're BSing about I don't know whatever record we had on the radio at the time, and you know it's going well or it ain't going well or whatever the conversation was, and. Um, he said, oh, by the way, how long you been living back in Arkansas? I said, ah, about three years now. <laughs> <laughs> and so he goes, well, all right. I guess you proved the point to me that you would still, you know, work your butt off. I said, yeah, I've told you it wouldn't make a difference. The thing is, man, as a, as a songwriter, you pretty much got to be there. You know, you really do yeah. um, if you're predominantly a songwriter. But as an artist, you're typically in Nashville, you're off work. And so me and my wife were sitting, we started making some money, you know, real money. And uh, for the first time in our lives, and we were sitting in this big house that we were renting by ourselves, looking at each other going, what do you want to go do? And we had a daughter at the time, our, our first daughter, who's now 10, um, going on 11. And, and, you know, our friends there, which we still consider great friends, um, we're just at a different stage in their lives. And so it was just us sitting there by ourselves with our newborn baby going, man, it sure would be nice to be home. And so that's, that's, you know, what really pushed us to, to move back at the time that we did. And, you know, so it's been great for us. It's not for everybody. Nashville's great. I still own properties there. Um, I still have great friends there. I still, go there periodically for different things but uh it just wasn't home man it just it just was never home to me what's the best steak in Fayetteville Arkansas public restaurant that you can go to is it located on Dixon or um yeah to probably go ahead I'm sorry no I'm listening probably to me and I'm gonna screw the name up you probably know it it's the one that Uh, Ross, Ross goes to. I've been there with him. Family uh, style, like buffet, where like they bring it all out, the food and the fries and the and the uh, the big. No, oh god, this is gonna drive me nuts. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up. I'm 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 failing right now. Yeah, tell me which one you're thinking of. Uh, let's see here. This is gonna drive me crazy. You can edit my idiocracy. No, out you're here. fine. But uh. (laughs) 
you'll know it. I'm sure you've been there. Um, it's really good food. Uh, did you ever were you? Did you ever meet Coach Bielema? Yep. Around him, it was his favorite place. Um, the one I'm not, thinking, of, the one I'm thinking of is Doe's. Doe's, yeah. I, I, that's the that's the famous one around there, uh, and it's great. Also, um, well, we went uh, when I went when I went to dinner with Coach. It was a it was a, a badass sushi place on the outskirts of town. Okay, it was, it okay, was really good. Um, it was like one of those Japanese steakhouse tapenaki places with a sushi bar. Bordinos, Bordinos. I was gonna say Bordeaux, but yeah, Bordinos. I believe uh, it is. And um, it, there's another really good one out in Rogers, um, and I'm blanking on that name too. Um, that's really, really good. Uh, what about chicken? What's the chicken house there in Fay? In- a- AQ. AQ. And what's the little white, the little white house that's barely got any parking? And you, it's really popular for lunch with chicken. It's a guy's name, I thought. God, oh. it's so famous. Uh, Golly, man. Man, I'm off too, Stumping man. I, me here. I usually know the name of all these I, places. I, I'm usually pretty the quarantine pretty hasn't had me in Arkansas for a minute. Yeah, I know, man. It, well, and I haven't been up that way in forever. Um, I mean, hopefully I'll get the opportunity with football season, but who knows now. But uh, – Shoot, I know I, I can see the place you're talking about. As a matter of fact, a- I think they have AQ's awesome, but man, I can't. I can't remember the name of the one I was thinking. It might even be in Raw. It might even might not even be in Fayetteville. Might not be. Let's hmm. see here. Uh it, it, it's not just Theo, chicken. Theo's is another good one too. Theo's is awesome. That place is right across. That's on Dixon, right? I think so. Yeah, they got they got uh, the Brussels sprouts there. Theo's, Bordino's. Um, so if I live in Fayetteville, Justin Moore, is there ever a chance or any town, Little Rock? Does it ever get to be a, a Nashville-esque night where I'm sitting there as a, a music fan and all of a sudden Justin's up on the microphone throwing down <laughs> at George's or one of the one of the little concert halls in Little Rock? And does it ever happen anymore? Do you ever get to do that or do you ever want to do that or are you just too busy? I would say I want to, um, but typically when I'm when I'm uh, when I'm up in Fayetteville, you know, I'm about three and a half hours south of Fayetteville. Uh, we try to go to as many football games as we possibly can. And, um, and so, um, a lot of times we take the kids, you know, and, and do that whole deal. So I don't have the opportunity that often to, to be, be, um, you know, alone with my wife and because we try to take the kids as, as much as we possibly can. I mean, that doesn't mean I don't want to though. Do you ever, you seem to, when I've met you the two times I have, you come across as a guy that might lose his shit on the sidelines of a Razorback game. and might go out and <laughs> jump right up in the huddle or right up in the celebration in the end zone. Oh, yeah. Would you call yourself a, 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 a super fan of Razorback? Is it, is it all around or is it just the football team? Are you into the basketball? No. They've got a great baseball program. It's all, it- all of the above. I'm ridiculous. I mean, I, admittedly. <laughs> I mean, fan is short for fanatic and – my tour manager, he he kids me all the time because he's like, dude, you know, like 
who y'all just recruited in gymnastics or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I just keep up with it all, man. I it just when you grow up in Arkansas, and you know this, um, I mean, that's what we got. That, that's we don't have any pro teams, and I love sports. I'm I'm obsessed with sports, yeah, a lot of different sports. But uh, and when I was growing up, man, we were we were really good at all three big sports. Um, you know, I, I had my daughter ask me, this was a few years ago in, in uh, basketball season, and she goes, Dad, were we ever good at basketball? I'm like, yes. It just pains me for you to even ask me that. You know, I'm like, yes. And so, you know. Oh, was I, it I Nolan remember, Richardson? What, yeah. I mean, I remember being a 12-year-old kid or whatever I was and watching us win the national championship in basketball and Corliss Williamson and Scotty Thurman and all those guys. And and we were never bad in football. I mean, we we had down years, but we won eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, ten games, you know, really frequently and and until, you know, the Petrino debacle. And and we just haven't recovered from that to the level at which, you know, we all hope. And that being said, I'm really I'm really good friends with Sam Pittman and I'm really excited about about him and I really, I honestly, in my heart, believe he's going to do really good things uh, up there on the hill. And, and as you mentioned, the baseball team's just so much fun to watch and oh, what man. Coach Van Horn's been able to do. And so, yeah, are man, you, I mean, you are you a you fan of muscle? Here, this is all you, I love muscle, man. You know, you, you guys know, what, stole him from us, right? He come out <laughs> the I know, yeah. arena. It's funny, a guy who works with my, with, with, alongside me in my management company is, uh, which you may have met. I don't know if we had him at the time, but he's a, he's a big Nevada fan. And, um, you know, folks in Arkansas, uh, to be quite honest with you, when, when they hired Coach Musselman, we didn't really know a lot about him because, you know, we don't get a whole lot of those, those games out there. And is it the big sky or the big West? Big West. Okay. You know, we, we just don't get an opportunity to see a lot of those games. What he did, and I don't know if you kept up at all, but what he did last year with the pretty depleted roster was just unbelievable. And I, I certainly not at that level, uh, but I played high school basketball and played AAU basketball and stuff. So I know the game and love the game. And, and I know what's going on in the game probably more than just some normal uh, fans. And so, what? The, the, he's an incredible coach, and his an wife's a great lady recruiter. too. Have you met his wife? I've She's not a, met his wife, and I've not met him. He and I have connected uh, over the phone a, a couple, two or three times, and um, I, I've been also alongside my podcast. I've been uh, co-hosting a, a sports show on Sirius XM, and and he was a guest on it. And but oh, it seems cool. like just an incredible. Uh, he, it seems like he has an incredible drive, and as far as coaching style, I, I really like it, and I think he's going to do some really good things too. And we, we should be pretty salty if they let us play this coming year. We should be pretty salty this coming year. Yeah, I like going to Razorback basketball games. The crowd's insane in those too. I was at the football game when the running back, the injury three years ago, the real bad injury with the neck. Remember that? I don't know if you were at that game, but mm. I was with – um I wasn't, was but I know crazy. exactly what you're talking about, man. Crazy Raleigh injury. Williams III yeah. is his name. And so, Some of my favorite people that I've ever met <laughs> through my excursions and my travels, and I'm very humbled to get to do what I do, Justin Moore, 
Um, and I'm very thankful for the family that I have in Arkansas, extended family, friends. Um, yeah. I've talked to you about them. The Brandon Adams, his wife, Brandy and Brian and his wife, um, Todd Ross and Chris, who I know that you were friends with Joel Wicker, Marty Hesh. You can't, um, they're just what they've done for me and what they've taught me and what they've given me and how they open their arms every time I come down there. And whether it's, you know, staying at one of their properties or hunting one of their properties or a dinner, or it just seems that that, that, that way of life is what made you want to move back. And yep. I could never fault you because, and I, and people are going to get tired of me saying this someday, but I've always said I, I'm the adopted son of the South because I'm from Tahoe, Reno area and these mountains, um, where there's no fried chicken and there's, there's no crawfish boil and there's, there's no, there's no Hattie bees and that there's nothing like that out here that, that, that when I go down to the South, there's so much tradition. There's so, when you go to Prairie Wings Duck Club and Mr. Billy Bogey cooks you breakfast with his fried bologna and his grits, I'm like, man, this is life. I work out consistently to try to stay in shape so I can do that kind of stuff. But those people I just mentioned, like, that's why I would move to Arkansas because, and I tell BA this all the time. I'm like, dude, what the F man? I haven't seen you guys in since duck season in, but usually by now I'd seen them three, four times through the spring and a football, you know, a basketball game or whatever. And this quarantine's got, it really has shown me how special this life is and how humbling it is. And, and, and that when you get, things taken away from you at the drop of a dime, uh, a conversation on a couch in Fayetteville, Arkansas, or being at Theo's or being at Prairie Wings Duck Club down south of Stuttgart, it shows you like how blessed we are, you know, and, 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 and when you hear the songs that remind you of that, you're like, that is what life's all about. And as simple as that sounds, if people could just take that concept and say, look, man, just sit down and just think about the small things that we have. And that's what this quarantine has done to me, Justin Moore, is that when I look at my daughter doing a handstand in the pool, where before I'd probably be on a phone call or, or, or too yep. busy or chasing my dreams out on the road, when I see that little thing, I wish I, and I'm so envious of people like you that can write a story in three minutes. I wish I had the talent to sit down and put a pencil to paper or talk into my iPhone and say, man, I want to, I want to put that in song because I have the creativity to envision it. But songwriting is such a, uh, an art and the influence that I've gotten from your area of the country with those people I just mentioned, being around Todd Ross's wife, Chris, you're like, that's like an angel. That's like what heaven is, right? That's how you're going to get treated when you go through the pearly gates. A lady like that's going to take you under her arm and say, Chad. And she always says it. Joel Wicker's wife, Mimi is always Chad. You're part of the family. And that's what country music, that's what Arkansas, that's what the South does to me. It's so Southern to be that way. And I wish that the rest of the country would slow down and see how special it is. I've said to speak like you're from the South, to be from the South is like way more important to me than being from Europe or speaking Italian or speaking French. <laughs> French. I mean, I want to speak Southern. And so it's kudos to you for this career. And I'm, I'm humbled to have you on here. I hope that our friendship thrives and we grow into a, a, a stronger bond. But I just wanted to let you know that your lyrics, the people that you live around, man, you're lucky to have the career that you had. You worked your ass off for it. And I know that it probably humbles you to where you got to pinch yourself almost daily. Yeah, man, that's all well said, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, certainly I'm biased um, to to not only the South but Arkansas specifically. I mean, it goes without saying, but um, it really is for the most part really good people, really down to earth folks, hardworking people who, um, you know, uh, you know the town I live in is 300 people. The town that I grew up in, I, I'm 
I'm looking at my parents' house out of my office that I grew up in, probably 700 yards away from from my house. And all of those things that you just mentioned as attributes about this area um, or this region or whatever um, are the reasons why I'm still back here today, you know, and I wanted my kids to, to, to experience the same thing growing up as I did. And another thing, man, I have four children uh, from three to 10. And uh, so it's chaos constantly in my houses. I wanted, I never wanted me choosing to do this crazy thing for a living uh, to affect them in a negative way. And I think being back down here in the South in Arkansas, my hometown specifically helps in that fashion because you know, when, when I wake up in the morning, man, I, I said this earlier to someone too, when I wake up in the morning, I see me, the same me that I saw 20 years ago. Like I don't see Justin Moore country singer, like, like every, everybody else does except the people back here. They're proud of me and they're proud for me and my family and they're happy f- for us, but they don't really give a crap which is awesome to me. You know, like I coach, I coach my daughters in softball. I coach them in basketball. And, I mean, you know, people will come ask for pictures every now and then from opposing teams, which doesn't bother me a bit. Um, but, you know, all these six, eight, 10-year-old girls that I'm coaching know me as coach, Coach Justin. And that's it's, – it's, it's more important – to be known as that and be, you know, hopefully a positive role model in these kids' lives. Um, and also at the same time, teaching them a sport that I love, um, that my dad taught me, uh, that's more important to me than any number one record. And I've always said this too, like, I don't want to be just known, you know, at my funeral, I don't want to be known as Justin Moore was, was just a, was a pretty okay singer. You know, I want it to be a whole lot more than that. I think it's so awesome to hear that. And I think that you would say, maybe not, but I will say it and you can tell me if you agree, but what Garth did with his career is very admirable of what he, how he put family first, because with everything he's accomplished, I think he took almost 20 years off and he still is, he's still doing what he did. And so it's kind of that, that vibe, right. Of like, Hey, I got to, I, I, I can go to anywhere in the world and be Garth and get a meet and greet and a picture and be famous, but being in Oklahoma and seeing these kids thrive and raising them as their daddy, it seems to me like that's what became, you know, his mission, you know, when he, when he did take that hiatus. Yeah. It's unbelievably uh, admirable to be honest with you. And, and I was one of those guys before all this hit that, uh, that said, Hey man, I, I don't, I could come off the road and, and, um, you know, be fine and not miss it at all. And, you know, if I had enough money in the bank or whatever, but uh, this has proven to me that I, I don't know if I can be, man, I, I'm not, I'm just not myself, you know, I, I'm, I'm fine, but um, you know, and I certainly appreciate the, the additional time with my kids that otherwise and my wife that I wouldn't have had. Um, and I'll, I'll always be thankful for that. But at the same time, there's something in me missing. So I say that to say this for him to do that. I I know that he had something missing too, uh, because once you kind of do what we do or people that people that do what, what we do, um, it's man, it's hard to turn it off and just be 
totally the same guy or, or girl or whatever. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's incredibly admirable and, and, uh, you know, I'm sure his, his children will forever be grateful for that. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Justin Moore, hot seat. Okay. If you open your cooler and it's covered in ice and you reach your hand down in the ice and you pull out a cold beer, what do you hope that that cold beer is going to be? What do I hope it's going to be? You don't uh, see them. You can't see the red and white. Is this, is this summertime? Yep, summertime. You know what I, I bought on accident the other day, and I didn't even realize I bought it, and we were on the lake because we've been spending a lot of time on the lake um, throughout all this, which is something else that we have never had time to do, which, you know, my kids are just loving. You're going to say Bud Light Seltzer. No. <laughs> close, but uh, Bud Light Platinum. Oh, it's good. I never, I never had one, and I thought I was buying something else. I don't remember what, but um, I was like, "What in the world is this?" And it was great. So now that because I, I didn't even, I had never even had one up until that point. So I may have to swap to those. But if it's winter time, and let's say we're at the duck camp or you know deer deer camp or whatever, um, I love Guinness. Guinness. Guinness is my favorite, probably. For so that, if, if, know, Gramp, if grandpa got to come back from heaven and it wasn't so far away, where do you and grandpa go as soon as you see him? Deer stand. Straight you, to the deer stand. If you got one more concert ticket, couldn't be yours, obviously. Who is it? Mm, man, that's a good one. Golly, one. Ugh. Probably Dwight Yoakam. He's my favorite artist of all time. If you got to sit down with Hank Williams Jr., a.k.a. Bo Cephas, and you got to say, how in the hell did you come up with the lyrics for what song? Mm. Dang, these are tough, man. Um, mine, mine, mine's Outlaw Women. Maybe Dinosaur. Pro probably just because I want to hear the story. Uh, Odeed in Denver. Oh, God. I knew I was coming <laughs> in my top five. If you if you had to if you had somebody come to you and say Freddie Mercury Robert Plant Axl Rose who's the best frontman of all time in rock and roll music? Hmm. Give me that list again: Freddie Mercury, Axl Rose, and who? Robert Plant from Zeppelin. <sighs> I say that because those are my top three, and Fred, I'm just testing I, you. I'm just testing you. I, I, I probably like Zeppelin stuff the best. But as far as just a straight front man, probably Freddie Mercury. He's he's I'm a huge Guns N' Roses fan, yeah. um, but I just those three Freddie Mercury, what he could do on stage and his yeah, his probably, delivery. But Axel probably, just Axel just had that danger, man. I mean, he was just oh, yeah. running around and in danger. All right, I would I if if I had the if I had the guts or the cojones, I would ask you to sing one. But I don't I don't like putting people on the spot. <laughs> I know that I'd, it's tough to do, and I know you probably don't have a guitar sitting there, which you should have one right there on that wall, right there. I'd, I sign. actually I actually do. I um uh yeah, I've got a, one of the things that I haven't done is is hang all my stuff. If you saw right over here, I've got like tons of plaques and stuff that i gotta hang that's one of the things i have not done uh yet for this this is where i do my podcast and i do and and so i got it to a certain point and i just kind of stopped but uh <laughs> but yeah i've got a guitar i can do a song if you want me to can you sing one for my mom faith and why we drink our new anthem 
Sure. Yeah. Hold on, I'm gonna just... get, can I get, can I get my brother real quick to come in here? Cause he's, yeah, he's, sure. he's learned it too. Hold on. This is my brother, Clay. Hey, what's up, Clay? How are you, buddy? Clay, How you doing, man? Clay's been, Clay's been learning this song on, uh, on, um, on the guitar. This is Bubba. How you doing? Hey, Hey Bubba, how you doing, man? This is Tom, one of our one of our guys here. We Tom. all work together. This awesome. is Justin Moore. He's a bad son of a bitch. Uh, hey, if you're learning my songs on the guitar, it's pretty simple, man. Every song is easy. <laughs> yeah. I love I no, I love playing your music because, like you're saying, uh, I don't sing very good, but around a campfire, it sounds good with some whiskeys. That's right. That's can right. You, I like Justin, it. can you can you uh, just dedicate this to Faith, please? This is her song. You bet. We'll send this out to uh, Faith. I'm going to have to go get a cold beer after this. Because <laughs> it's Friday. Because it's Monday. Because it's a charcoal burning Sunday. Because we ain't going to get to one day. That's why we drink. Cause the sun's up, cause the sun down, cause my wound up knees a little unwound. Cause we've been working all day, but we're done now. Yeah, that's why we drink. Cause her ass cold, cause it's hot out, cause we're John both sitting with a line out. Cause we're little messed up, but it's cheaper than a dang old string. Cause we're grown up, cause we're still kids, cause we love doing things, cause our daddy's dead. Cause it's alcohol abuse if you pull one down the same. That's why we drink. Cause our team lost, cause our team won. The sweet home Alabama just came home. Cause we're all looking for a reason to raise one. Yeah, that's why we drink. Cause our ice cold, cause it's hot out. Cause we're John Moe sitting with a line out. Cause we're little messed up, but it's cheaper than a thing. Cause we're grown up, cause we're still kids, cause we love doing things, cause our daddy's dead, cause it's alcohol abuse, if you pull one down the same, yeah, that's why we drink, to good friends, good times, you and me, to the red and white and blue boys and girls overseas, cause their eyes go. Just it's hot now Just John Moe sitting with a line Cause we're a little messed up But it's cheaper than a dang old string That's why we drink Cause we've grown up Cause we're still kids Cause we love doing things Cause our daddy's dead Cause it's alcohol abuse If you pull one down the sink yeah, that's why we drink. 
Good stuff. Justin, hey, thanks, Justin, man. are you being 100% serious that you and David Lee Murphy and another individual wrote that in 20 minutes in your swimming pool? Yeah, we really did. It was me. It was me. Part of it was sitting on a swing we have on our back porch, and part of it was in the pool. But, yeah, 20, 25 minutes, um, it was like just lines were coming from everywhere, you know. And um, But, yeah, it was me, uh, him. My producer, Jeremy Stover, and I'm um, trying to block that window, and Casey Bathard, who's just another incredible songwriter uh, in, in Nashville. So, yep, it was – you love when they come – you love when they come uh, across that that easy. I wish they all did. <laughs> Dude, that's why we drink. I love it. Hey, Good Justin, Thanks, Justin I, I would love to, and uh, when that goes number one in the next two weeks, then we need to get on here and do a toast. Hey, absolutely, man. Fingers nice crossed you, buddy. We, we get the opportunity. You too, man. Appreciate right, you. Good to meet you. Cheers. Happy Friday, huh? All right, guys. Y'all too. Man, that's uh, that song. So the, the line that my brother was bringing up was about the doing what your daddy did. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just uh, it's just it's an anthem, man. It's a, it's another one of those songs that just I don't know, man. I could talk about your stuff all day. Congratulations, oh, man. I'm proud it. to know you, and it's uh it's humbling to have you on here and. Dude, I, I can imagine a campfire in Arkansas around duck camp and just hearing a couple yeah. of those with some beers. No doubt about it. Hey, and um, next time you get down this way to hunt or whatever, hit me up. You got my cell now and love to get together maybe at, at Ross's place and go uh, go get some hunting done or something. Oh, I'd love it. And when you're out west, or I'll see you on the road. We're gonna. It's gonna get back to normal. Maybe not normal, but it, it's gonna get back to where we'll get to see you out. And I've seen you in downtown Reno. I, there was a span where you were here like three months in a row, and yeah. then you were at night in the country, and you were Drake White out there. And I was talking with you backstage with Drake one day, and and uh, but you you've been in our area a bunch. Yeah, I love that part of the world, man. It's it's so beautiful and it's just so different than it is here from a you know geography standpoint, landscape standpoint, all that stuff. And I really enjoy visiting out there. And crowds are always great, fans are always great, and and uh, uh, it, it's just it's a lot of fun to visit for sure. Yeah, I agree, and I uh, I look forward to the new record. I can't wait till Why We Drink is number one. That's a that's a, a smash, man. It's freaking awesome. I hope it stays there for a minute too. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate you saying that. We've uh, we've been blessed, man. We really have been, and we we certainly don't take it for granted. So each each and every time we get up in this this area of the chart, um, we try to try to uh, soak it all in for sure. Hey, Justin, we have a. Um we have a, an official playlist on Apple music called the foul life. We on our TV show, we've had a lot, a lot of musicians hunt with us and document kind of their story and their songwriting. And we've done some really cool stories on there, but, and I hope that I get to do that one day with you. Cause I love your story and your down home roots and everything that you're about your kids, your wife, your grandparents, your parents. Um, I would, I would be honored if you'll let us put Justin Moore's library on that playlist. It's a shared playlist that is obviously Apple Music, but it's uh, 
Um, it's one that, you know, the guys that come on here on our TV show that we love their music, but I always ask permission first because I don't want you just seeing me, you know, promoting Justin Moore's music. Oh, I didn't know I was on that playlist, but I'd love yeah. to have you on there. Absolutely, man. I'm, I'd be honored. I love it, man. I can't wait. Well, man, I'd love to do this again. I, uh, tell people about your podcast. Yeah, man. We, uh, real original name. It's called the Justin Moore podcast, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, it's an idea, man. Just in brief, it's an idea that I've had for three or four years now. And I've, I've always used the excuse that I didn't have the time. Certainly, I don't have that excuse anymore. <laughs> um, and so, you know, when this when this all hit, uh, you know, four months ago or whatever it was, I just kind of quickly went into developing that and uh, working alongside a, a company that uh, does great work. Uh, called Sport and Story, and we put it out. It's out there anywhere you can find podcasts, and and just uh, you know, we've it's myself co-hosting alongside my tour manager Jr. and and we've had a lot of fun with it, man. It's 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 different for me to be on that side of the mic as opposed to the one I'm on right now. You know, I, don't, I certainly don't have the experience in that, but it's been fun for me because we've talked to. You know, we talk. The goal was to talk sports and hunting and fishing, outdoor life, and just kind of home life for me, and kind of peel back the curtain for folks to give them a glimpse into you know, you know, my life off stage and and on stage, but um, you know, kind of take people uh, deeper into to me as a person uh, than than ever before. And so we've also talked to some artist buddies of mine. You know, we've had Brantley Gilbert on. We've had um, Tracy Lawrence, Chris Jansen. We just talked to uh, Granger Smith. Um, and we'll continue to have different guests on. It's not a guest each and every time, but um, I'd say up until this point, it's been half or more. And uh, it's fun, man. It, and I'm a guy who actually – does not like social media. I don't have it on my phones or anything. I, I, I certainly approve everything that comes out under my name, but I don't actually do it. And, and so um, it's been an, a way for me to connect with fans on a deeper level since I'm not as engaged in those things as, as some artists are. And it's been fun for me also because I, I hate talking on the phone. And usually, I you know, I think we all kind of, to a degree, fall into the trap of asking somebody via text or on the phone or even in person, hey, how you doing? And not not really listening to the answer. It's just kind of a formality. Yep. And doing this podcast has allowed me to spend 45 minutes, an hour or whatever with, with some of these guys who not only are friends of mine, but I actually um, I admire them more as people. And, and you know, ask them, hey, man, how you doing during this? And really listen and, yeah. and really have a conversation. So it's been it's been fun on a lot of different levels for, for me personally. And I, I, you know, obviously hope that anyone and everyone out there um, who is at all interested will go check it out for sure. Yeah, I think that that message rings true. And I hope one day that we can walk into a restaurant and see a table of four people actually conversing and talking and finding out how each other's doing instead of checking their Instagram likes and their Facebook status. And, and I'm not saying that I will, I haven't been guilty of it, but I've really tried to make a better attempt at none of that and trying to be present and trying to like soak it in. And that's what I tell everybody. It's like, usually I don't do anything over the phone or over, over the internet or zoom. 
um, for the podcast. It's always been live in studio. This whole thing right here is a, a studio sound design room that we built and it's all just done. You know, it's really, really nice. And I'm sure you have this, I'm sure you've been in enough studios to know that, um, uh, I love that back and forth. I love that one-on-one and getting to know somebody. And I think that that's what a, a fire at duck camp allows me to do. I've learned all that through the outdoors and through my travels of being present is key in life. And whether you're, whether you, um, are there for a friend or you're there for to meet a new person. You just never know what's going to come out of being present. And it could be a strong friendship. It could be a door opening. It could be an opportunity. It could be, it's just a lot of cool things that, that vibe when you actually sit down and understand, you know, somebody that you're talking to. So I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like, uh, you know, personal human interaction, you know, I mean, this zoom stuff is, I mean, it's, I guess it's great that we have it. Uh, otherwise, I don't know what we would have done during this during this time. But at the same time, it's just not the same, you know. Wow. And so look, I look forward to getting, you know, on the other side of this thing and and um, and having the chance to to cut it up in person with with you and and other friends of mine. And like I said, get back out there and get on stage, man. That's where I feel most comfortable is on that stage. So. Yeah, and I love it. I've been to so many of them. I'll be going to more Justin Moore shows. I hope everybody listening does too. This has been awesome for me, and hopefully, people uh, figure out you know what's behind this man and his music and his lyrics. It's pretty freaking special. So, Justin Moore, I don't know. Uh, I know you got a new record in the works. We're waiting on quarantine to get done to get it released and get it mastered. I guess, but I can't wait yeah. for it to come out, man. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I'm looking forward to it as well. You know, we. I, I said in a lot of interviews that I think our last album uh, is probably our best album, top to bottom. And I think, I really think the the material we have ready for for this album is is just as good, if not better. Uh, and that's not just artist speak. I, I really believe that. I, I think I'm doing my best songwriting in my career over the last you know, two, three years. And so I, that's a blessing in itself. You know, I, 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 I'm, I'm happy to still have a few songs left in me for sure. Is, is there a, is there a time where you took one of these new songs and texted it to DLM and said, what do you think? <laughs> you know, it's funny because I, I mentioned when we first jumped on here uh, that uh, I just wrote a song called that wasn't Jack. And I wrote that with him as well. So he may get back to back singles on me. So, but oh, that's a to hear that's that. a that's a no brainer one too. It's a somehow we tied Jack Daniels into a love song or a heartbreak <laughs> song. So, uh, <laughs> there you go. Well, man, I appreciate. It. I know I'm going to hit you up on a little barter system to send you some gear, and I want to get a signed vinyl for the studio, and uh, be awesome. And I want to get some Justin Moore merch, and I got I got a couple shirts, but I want to get some of the new updated stuff and and uh, wear it and everything that we do. We support the career, man. We love what you do, and I'm I'm truly blessed to have you on here. Thank you so much, bro. Hey, it means a lot to me. I appreciate you having me. Next time we'll get you on ours and uh, our podcast. And certainly uh, we can we can definitely get do some gear swapping for sure. Oh, yeah. Well, you can, I'll get an address from you and get some stuff on the way. And then sure. I can't really send you Banded because I'm sure Rossi's got you tied in with everything that you need from Banded. So. <laughs> he really doesn't, actually. What? No. What? How dare him? I know, dude. I would send him to a text fair, right now. I've never really... I've never really asked. I hate to be that guy, you know. I'll but, get you dialed uh, in. I'm more than more than willing to to rep it for sure. Well, yeah, we need Justin Moore and Bandit. Heck yeah! I actually well, I texted him I, when I first started the podcast. I go, man, 
that may be a good uh, sponsor for this podcast, you know. And yeah. so anyway, well banded. You got to yeah, send him go. and BA group text and, and put the salesmanship on them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So are you are you exactly. last are you redneck enough to where y'all are shooting off your own fire fireworks tomorrow night? Or are you staying away from that? You, you know, it's funny. We never. Yes, I am. To answer your question, <laughs> um, but um, we never. We're never here at home on Fourth of July. We're always. Usually, we're always at um, at our beach place in Florida. And so we, you know, they have their own big, huge displays and stuff. And so this year we, we are going to a friend of mine's place. So they, they do it all. So, but we talked about doing it over the pond this year, but we got invited to a friend of ours home that they're doing it. So it took, it was less work for me. Well, that'll be fun, man. I wish I was there in Arkansas sometimes to enjoy that kind of stuff. I'll get down there. We'll have a little kinship. And um, like I said, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make a little video and we toast your new number one hit because it truly has become our little uh, savior over this quarantine. We listen to it. And I, when I say constantly, I mean constantly. <laughs> Whether my brother's singing it and we're singing along or you're on the you're on the Deemer box and the Bluetooth, we're rocking it constantly, bro. I love it. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. I'm glad you guys dig it for well, sure. Well, keep and putting I, them I, out. I can't wait to hear the new jack song and um I'll, I'll hit you up and yeah let me know when I, i'd love to be a guest on your podcast and come on and rap about traeger and some grilling and throwing down and we'll talk about that off key too awesome man sounds great brother that's justin moore another episode of this life ain't for everybody thank you all for supporting the partners and sponsors that support us jack daniels thank you so much for what you do please enjoy it responsibly this fourth of july weekend and check out justin moore's music it's going to be added to the foul life playlist on apple music why we drink i i, I can sit here and name off all of his songs but we are out of time tom hit that button i don't know justin about this question you can tell me to to that know because I know how publishing plays, but like when Riley Green was on here and partying these guys, I say, Hey, can I go out? Cause I usually go out with a, a Leith Lofton song that he wrote with Bobby Pinson and Drake White called What You Gonna Do When the Money's All Gone. But can we go out with a Justin Moore song or is that a no no in publishing? Or do you own anything that you can let me go out with? I man, I I am really ignorant as it pertains to being able to answer those questions uh, <laughs> in an educated fashion. Um I there I I just know from from my own podcast that it's there hard. are some steps that you got to take, I guess, but I don't yeah. know what they are. Sometimes so, if sometimes if it's all publishing know. on, I get it, man. I get it. Trust me. So, I mean, hey, it's that stuff is so ridiculous to me because I was what I'm doing on my podcast is playing a, a song by different artists, you know, play a Hank Jr. song or whatever to end the show, and that I kept getting just push back and push back i'm like i don't i'm doing it y'all y'all figure it out like i i'm doing it so yeah. just do whatever you got to do to figure it out yeah. so i don't know what they've been doing to figure it out so but it's like for me as an artist i'm like i would love you to play my anybody to play yeah. my music anywhere i mean obviously it's crazy. No, I appreciate that. That's why I didn't want you to hear this. And then all of a sudden I throw on small town USA and then your, your, your publishers and management go, Whoa, 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 Whoa. You know, it's just, yeah, it's I a tricky deal with TV I and everything. I, and yeah. I don't even understand do. it all, but 
Well, maybe before we produce this, we'll get permission on one. If not, no big deal. Justin Moore, we love you, brother. Good job on the career. Congratulations on your success. And thank you so much for the humility, man, and living life the way it was meant to be lived. Your kids should be proud of their dad. Your mom and dad should be proud of their son. I'm glad to know you, brother. Appreciate you. Hey, likewise, man. I appreciate the kind words. And I, I right back at you. And thanks again for having me. Can't wait to do it again. That's Justin Moore. This life ain't for everybody. Thank you all so much for subscribing. I'd rather be pulling it off in a Life on earth won't last too long So what you gonna do when the money's all gone